If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you will, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but my Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of the world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Have you, have you ever felt um, lost and alone? Maybe when you were a small child, uh, you remember getting separated from mum or dad in a crowd or a big shop. You, you were holding their hand just a, just a moment ago and now you don't know where they are. You don't know where you are. How will I find them again? How will I get home, lost and alone in a big, scary world? And, and maybe that's how the disciples might have felt after Jesus tells them back in, in chapters 12 and 13 that he's going to be betrayed, he's going to be denied, he's going to be killed, that he's going away and they can't come with him. Jesus will be leaving them in a very hostile world and it must have been frightening and unsettling. And so in chapter 14, Jesus reassures them. Look, verse 1, we're on page um, 1086. Um, verse 1 of chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. And then skip ahead to verse 27 in the bit we read today. It says the same thing. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Now last week, we, we looked at the first half of this reassurance. Jesus will bring them home. They think they don't know the way. They don't know where they're going. Now look to Jesus. 
He's the way. He's the truth, the life. Look to Jesus. That's where our home is. And perhaps you're thinking, yeah, that's fine. Um, but they won't be able to see him. He'll be gone. And maybe it's be like telling that child lost in the crowd, look to daddy, he'll take you home. But I can't see him. He's not here, that's why I'm scared. Maybe you feel adrift in a world that rejects Jesus. Lost and alone, maybe afraid too. You know that we're to look to Jesus. You know he's prepared that way to heaven. But here and now, when he's, he's not physically with us, it's difficult to follow him. It's difficult to do that work that Jesus says that, that, that they'll do in verse 12, the work of, of making disciples. There's so much pressure not to believe what the Bible teaches, to behave the same as, as everyone else around us. So much pressure not to tell others about Jesus. If we love Jesus, we, we, want to, we want to live for him and to speak for him, but there's so much pressure not to. How are we going to get this right when he isn't here to help us? And Jesus is clear. Look, look at 15, verse 15. If we love him, we'll keep his commandments. Well, verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. How are we going to do that 2,000 years after Jesus died? How are we going to do that in a world that rejects him? Maybe you're here today and you don't yet follow Jesus. Verse 24, you don't say you love him, so you wouldn't keep his words. You don't feel lost or alone. Verse 15 isn't a challenge, it's just irrelevant. Well, whoever you are, this passage is still for you. There's something for all of us, some one for all of us. Someone who makes all the difference for those who follow Jesus and who can change everything for those who don't. And that someone is the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth. This is who the second half of chapter 14 is all about. This is the answer to how we keep loving and obeying Jesus when he's not physically here. This is the answer to being lost and alone. So I've got two main points. Uh, the spirit is God with us. And the spirit brings God's word to us. So firstly... The Spirit is God with us. That's verses 15 to 23. The Spirit is, is God with us. But look down at verse 16. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. Another helper. This is the first time uh, John's used this word, helper. He's the only Bible author who does. It's sometimes translated counsellor or comforter. It's literally someone who um, is called alongside you, a standing with you, sometimes in a court. So it's sometimes translated advocate. In John's first letter, um, chapter 2, verse 1, he says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. But this helper, in verse 16, isn't Jesus. This is another helper, a different helper. Jesus has, has helped and counselled and, and comforted them these, these last three years. But now he's going. And in place of his son, the father will send his spirit to be with his disciples forever. So verse 17, he'll dwell 
with his people. He'll be in his people. God's spirit, God himself, the third person of the Trinity, will make his home within us. And as the Spirit comes to us, so the Father and the Son make their home in us too. Look at verse 20. In that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Or verse 23. We, the Son and the Father, will come to him and make our home with him. So all those promises from the Old Testament that God would be with his people. What was, what was so exciting at the beginning of John's Gospel that the Word has become flesh and dwelt among us, God with us. God in us is now true for, for all God's people wherever and whenever they are. Jesus' Jesus' disciples could, could meet God in the flesh. Um, but now he's gone. He's not physically on earth anymore. But verse 18, he doesn't leave us as orphans. He's gone, but he hasn't abandoned us. He sent his spirit and said, God, with each of us, all his people forever. Well, how does that happen? Well, it's not because I love God. It's not because I keep his commandments. Look at verse 19. It's because, Jesus says, because Jesus lives, because I live, you also will live. Jesus is, has been telling his disciples um, for some time that he's going to die. He says, in a little while, the world won't see me anymore, but you will. He'll rise again. He'll come back to them. And it's because of that, it's because Jesus died and rose again. It's because Jesus dealt with our sin on the cross it's because he gives us that new resurrection life. It's because he left and sent his spirit with us that we can have that life too. It's all his work. Because he lives, we also will live. And so in, in verse 20, it's when they see the risen Jesus that they'll know it's true. In that day, the day he comes back to them, they will know. They will know that Jesus is in the Father, just like he's been telling them all this time. His resurrection proves he really is who he says he is. He's the Son of God. And all his promises to his people are true too. They will be alive in him and he in them. His Spirit with us and in us. That's what the Old Testament promised in Ezekiel 36. It says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. See, the spirit makes it possible for us to live the Christian life, to keep Jesus' commandments, to love God with all our hearts, to love one another just as Jesus loved us. The spirit is what makes the Christian life real. A Christian faith is not, uh, not just a philosophy or a set of beliefs about ethics or, or existence. It's not just a bunch of rituals or, or religious duties. It's God in us. And John pours out this, this bubbling spring of, of glorious promises of, of loving God, knowing God, obeying God, living life as it's meant to be lived. Jesus' followers and, and the persons of the Trinity caught up in this, in this beautiful ballet of love. Verse 21, he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, my Father will love him, loving and loved by God. And really knowing God, 
Not just some intellectual knowledge, but experiential, knowing God in relationship. Verse 22, he will make himself known to us, manifest himself to us. Or back in verse 17, you'll know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. Knowing God. In verse 24, those who love Jesus will keep his words. And that's a promise, not a challenge. We really will be able to obey. It's not that we always get this right, we're a work in progress, but it is a work that really is in progress because his spirit gives us new life. He's there working in us to make us more like Jesus, keeping Jesus' commandments. So yes, it is, it is a challenge for us to love and obey God, especially in a world that, that rejects him. But that's what we're called to do. We, we can't say we follow Jesus if we don't love him. We can't say we love him if we don't obey him, even when, especially when, that rubs up against what our culture thinks. But don't be troubled. We're not alone God is with us. So let's thank and praise God for his spirit. If we follow Jesus, he's given us his spirit. Pray that we would know that, really know that deeply. That he would fill us with the personal knowledge of God. Fill us with his love. Help us live the life that he calls us to, to be more like Jesus. Well, that's our first heading. Uh, The Spirit is God with us. What an amazing promise for all who follow Jesus. What an amazing privilege. But before we get to our our second heading, uh, Judas pops up with a question. This is not uh, Iscariot. Uh, he, He left to betray Jesus at the end of chapter 13. This Judas has a question. Verse 22, how is it that you'll manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Why is this just... For your followers, what happened to all those prophecies of God's kingdom defeating evil, making everything right across the whole world? Here you are, Jesus, saying the world isn't going to get this. Verse 17, the world can't see, it can't know, it can't receive this spirit. Verse 19, the world won't see me. So Jesus answers him, actually pretty much repeating what he's already said twice already in, in verses 15 and 21. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Whoever keeps my commandments, that's who loves me. But in verse 23, it's slightly different. He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. There's a clue to what's going on. And it's what brings us to our second heading. The Spirit brings God's word to us. That's the rest of the chapter from verse 23. The Spirit brings God's word to us. See, to, to stop being alone, you need someone with you. Jesus has gone, but we're not alone because the Spirit is with us. To stop being lost, you need directions to where you're going. But Jesus told us to look to him for directions. The problem is we can't see him, but we're not lost. Because the Spirit brings God's word to us. That's how we see and follow Jesus. That's how we see the kingdom. So the kingdom isn't going to be visible to everyone, only to those who hear God's word and obey it. Person by person, people will come to know Jesus through hearing his word. What makes the difference between Jesus' followers and the rest of the world 
is our response to his word. God is manifest to, God is known by those who respond rightly to his word. And that's what the second half of this passage is all about. If the first half was, was full of indwelling and, and living and loving, knowing God with us and in us by his spirit, the second half is full of God speaking and teaching and us hearing and obeying, knowing God's word by his spirit. We just looked at um, verses 23 and 24. Keep my word, keep my words, the words that you hear. Look on verse 25. These things I have spoken, verse 26, he will teach all that I have said. Verse 28, you heard me say. Verse 29, I have told you. If the first half was about the Spirit living in us to change us, the second half is about the Spirit bringing his word to us to make that change happen. That's how John describes the work of the Holy Spirit throughout his gospel. Back in chapter 3, we must be born of the Spirit, radically life-changing. And in chapters 14 uh, and on to 16, when Jesus talks about the Spirit as helper, each time it's about the Spirit's work in bringing God's word to us. So chapter 15, if you want to uh, skip ahead, it's actually just over the page. Uh, Verse 26, uh, when the helper comes, um, he will bear witness about me. We'll skip down that column on the same page, chapter 16, verse 13. Um, he will, when the Spirit come, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth because um, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Spirit brings God's word to us. But let's get back to chapter 14 and verse 25 uh, to see this key work of the Spirit. Jesus has spoken to his disciples while he was with them. But when Jesus leaves them, the helper, his spirit, will teach them all things and bring to remembrance all that he'd said to them. What does the spirit help Jesus' disciples to do? To understand and remember God's word, the word that God had spoken, the word that Jesus had spoken. But let's be clear, Jesus is talking to the 11 disciples, the ones he'd been teaching for the last three years. So when he says, the Spirit will bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you, that's a promise for them, isn't it? It's not directly for us. We can't, I can't remember what Jesus told me when he was here on earth, because I wasn't there then. What Jesus is telling these disciples, the apostles, is that the Spirit will will teach them all things, will remind them of all that Jesus had said. And so he did. But in verse 28 and 29, the disciples haven't got it. Not yet. If if they'd already loved Jesus, they wouldn't be sad because they'd know what a joy it will be for Jesus to return to his father. They'd realise that the best thing for him, actually the best thing for them, the best thing for us, is that Jesus goes back. Because the Spirit will come in his place. Look ahead to um, chapter 16, verse 7. It's to your advantage Um, that I go away. Um, For if I don't go away, the helper won't come to you, but if I go, I'll send him to you. And so so in Acts 1, the Spirit comes and the disciples speak God's word powerfully in the Spirit. The Spirit fills them to proclaim the gospel from Jerusalem to Rome. 
And through our acts, we get that recurring theme as the church grows, as more and more people follow Jesus. The word of God continued to increase. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit filled them to proclaim God's word then, and he inspired them to write it down for us now. Peter says in his first letter, um, chapter 1, verse 21, he says, Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That was true of the Old Testament prophets. And now Jesus is saying it's it's going to be true of the New Testament apostles too. So back again in, in chapter 14, verse 26. Although that's spoken to those apostles, the Spirit is still working today to teach us all we need to know about Jesus. To know Jesus himself. Because he speaks to us through Scripture. He makes it clear to us. He helps us understand what it's teaching. He reminds us what it says. He brings to life the written word about the living word. It's in the Bible that we meet Jesus. This is where we see him, where we see what we're to believe and how we're to live. Jesus is the way and the Bible is where we find him. We're not lost because the Spirit brings God's word to us. So we need to hear it. Verse 24. It is God speaking to us. Take the opportunities we have here at Christ Church to hear God's word taught. Uh, Make Sundays a real priority to to be part of a midweek small group, uh, to spend more time studying God's word together. Let's let's read it in our quiet times at home, in in family prayer time. If um, If you're from somewhere else, Um, or you move somewhere else, do make sure that the church you attend teaches the Bible. Make sure that the Christian books or or podcasts we we read and listen to are teaching us what the Bible teaches. But let's not not listen to or or read the Bible like, like we might a newspaper or a novel. It's God's word brought to us by his spirit. Before we come to church on Sunday, do we pray that God's Spirit would make his word alive to us? When we read our Bibles in our quiet times, do we ask God for his Spirit to help us understand it? And having heard and understood it, we need to obey it because it's God's word. We need to ask God to fill us with his spirit so that we keep his word and commandments. If we love him, verses 15 and 21, we will keep his commandments. If we love him, verse 23 and 24, we will keep his word. So that was our our second heading. The spirit brings God's word to us. What an amazing promise for all who follow Jesus. What an amazing privilege. Two big things from this passage. The Spirit is God with us. The Spirit brings God's word to us. So don't be troubled, however hard it is out there. If God is with us and God is speaking to us, we're never alone and we're never lost. We really can love and obey God as we should. We really can keep going to the end. That child lost and alone in the crowd, has been found. 
His mum has taken his hand and hugged him. She's with him. She's comforting him. She's taking him home. And when we trust in Jesus, it's like being found by God. His spirit is with us. He's comforting and leading us as he, as he brings God's word to us. So however much the world throws at us, we never need to be troubled or afraid. He's taking us home. The opposite of trouble and fear is peace. So I want to finish with a few more thoughts from these last verses. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not the sort of peace that the world might think is peace, but a deep, eternal peace of knowing God, of being right with God. That peace has been won by Jesus. He dealt with our sin. He, he restored us to relationship with God. We did nothing to make it happen. We did nothing to earn it. Verse 19, remember, it's because Jesus died and rose again that we might live. And Jesus' resurrection shows that he really did defeat death. Verse 30, the devil had no hold on him because Jesus was innocent. He was sinless. So he broke through hell to that resurrection life, the life that he gives us in his spirit. And maybe you're thinking that sounds lovely. It would be great if there, if there were a God who could be with us, who'd speak to us, but I don't believe it. Look at verse 29. Jesus says, I've, I told you before it, but that is before my death and resurrection. I told you before that takes place, so that when it does, you may believe. If Jesus rose from the dead, then he really is who he said he is. He really is God. He really has brought peace. He really will take us home. Jesus says that, that his resurrection will be the proof that his disciples need to believe in him. So that's the biggest challenge to us from this passage. Do we believe? Have we heard Jesus' words and put our faith in him? If we do trust Jesus, he gives us his spirit so that we can love and obey and follow him and keep his word and tell others that word. The spirit will give us courage as he's with us. The spirit will help us as we speak. That's what he does. And people coming to know Jesus, the word increasing, that's the great work that Jesus looks forward to in verse 12. So let's pray that the spirit would work in those who don't yet know Jesus so that they can believe too. Because if we don't trust Jesus, we're on our own, lost, and facing an eternity without God, without life, without love, without goodness. So Jesus' death and resurrection isn't just for those who already believe, it's, it's for those who don't, so that they do. That's why John wrote this book. He says at the end of his book, it's written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. Back in chapter 14, verse 31, Jesus did as his Father commanded. He went to the cross, he rose again, so that the world, those who don't yet follow him, may know that he loves the Father. May know, verse 20, that Jesus is in his Father and his Father is in him. May know that love themselves. Jesus will bring his people home to the Father. He is the way, the truth, the life. And to make sure we get there, he gives us his spirit to be with us. 
to bring his word to us. We'll close in, in prayer in, in a moment. But for those who aren't sure about this, please don't, please don't pass it by. Um, do explore more. Do keep coming back to hear more of, of John's gospel as we go through over the next few Sundays. Or maybe you could, you could read this, the, uh, the word one-to-one with, um, with someone. It's a series of, of short studies in, in John's gospel, uh, which you could read together with, with someone over coffee in your own time. And do ask if you'd like to know more about that. Or, or perhaps you'd like to come, as, as Matt mentioned earlier, to Hope Explored, which is starting uh, 29th, a couple of weeks' time, uh, which is a, a short course of three Monday evening sessions here at Christchurch to discuss more uh, what Jesus offers. But let me close um, in prayer. Father, thank you for the gift of your Spirit. Thank you that if we trust and follow your son Jesus, you fill us with your spirit, that he brings your word to us so that we're never lost and never alone. Please help us really know that, to know your love, to know you by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.